0: Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Standing on that mountainside that day, there could not have been a clearer charge a clear mission to these guys here's what you're supposed to do go and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the father son and holy spirit teaching them to observe all the things in this book wasn't a clear message to those 12 guys sometimes it's a little grayer when it comes to us isn't it sometimes it's a little harder to hear a little harder to see a little harder to discern a little harder to make sense of and we're going to look at some of the reasons for that today but i I would i would ask you as we begin um we we have a mantra here at cross point it is navigating the journey to a biblical authentic and contagious walk of christ now what's that look like in practice well it looks like things like here's 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 some things that have happened over over the last year in the life of our really since january in the life of our church we've uh, we've given over twenty five hundred dollars to missions, to, to local, regional, international missions. We've done bereavement meals for Bates family, for Dolly's family, uh, coming along, alongside them in, in their loss. Uh, raised over twenty seven hundred bucks, or right at twenty seven hundred bucks for a spaghetti dinner for for uh, the, these kids that the Lambdons have taken into their home, plus some gift cards on top of that for for those kids. Um, raised over $1,200 for, for a Nicaragua mission team to go in October to be a part of missions there in Nicaragua, uh, took three leftover loads to CARM over here that they were really grateful to get from, our, from the rummage sale that we had to, to, to raise those funds, provided some food to the Fultons uh, Regional Basketball Tournament, just kind of as, as a mission to say, want to love, provide some love and some care in the community. Uh, we have a very active card, postcard ministry with Miss Sharon, and taking that upon herself to do. And, Provided over 50 Christmas gift bags to some of the poorest residents in Northgate uh, Terrace where Jerry and June and Tyler minister every month. Both of those guys preach over there two to three weeks a month. They're there today, or Jerry's and June are there today preaching for them. We've done 20-plus uh, meals for the Hummers um, as, they, as he begins some chemotherapy treatments, and, and, and Beth has had some health issues as well. And those are just the things I know about, um, and those are just since January. We are a missional church. We're a missional church not because somebody makes us do that. We're a missional church because that's what God has called us to do and commissioned us to do. Every church should be a missional church. Every church should see a sense of what are we about? What are we supposed to? Where do we invest not only money but time? Where do we where do we throw in some sweat equity into things that matter? Um, this this work day of, of helping people and it's, and some of the some of the need here on this ramp is for some of the spring places folks too uh, who are older and can't have difficulty navigating the steps up front. So. Why do we do those kinds of things? Because that's what we're called to do. We're called to live authentic. We're called to live biblical, to look like the Scripture, and we're called for that to be contagious, for it to go beyond just our own mind, our own our own world, and our own will sometimes. We're called to collectively do that together as a church. But what about you? What about you? If I ask you, what's your what's your personal mission statement? What would be your response to me? I would share mine with you to say, that mine is to push people beyond mediocrity, out of mediocrity, into the glory of God. You know why? Because God has equipped me to do that, and he's given me passion to do that. And I hate mediocrity. I hate mundaneness. I hate sameness. I hate staying where I'm at for the rest of my life and being content with it, thinking that's as good as it's ever going to get. That, that crawls up inside me, and that whole, that whole sense of friction that God puts in there has, has helped me see that call years ago. And that's natural for me. It's, it's something that's easy for me to do. It's part of what I do on Sunday mornings is to try and take a spur and a prod or a spark and to stick it in some of our hearts and some of our lives and say, listen, I don't want to stay where I'm at either. I want to move from here too. And so I, that's, that's part of, of God's call for me and, and, and what he's got me to do in ministry, whether that was for years with music or, or in these past several years in teaching. We need to to learn and understand and develop a mission statement for ourselves that we know, here's the thing I want you to see, and and we'll see this as this unfolds today. Life is beyond just raising kids. It's beyond that. Not only is it beyond raising kids, it is raising kids that know how to live missionally themselves with a sense of direction, a sense of plan, a sense of purpose, a sense of passion. What has God called you and gifted and equipped you to do? I want to help you as your parent discover that and see that and put that into practice. But beyond raising kids or whatever you do for money or for a living or for, for, or for a vocation, life is—it's—it's it's deeper than that. It's beyond, and even—even even deeper than than how you live missionally with a spouse. There's more to it than that. And, and if you've been at your in, in your journey in your spiritual existence for any length of time, you've probably discovered that because you've probably sat alone in the moments of your of your quiet time or, or in bed at night or wherever you find or on your drive to work or wherever you find yourself alone and and have dealt with this question as many have. Is this it? Is this all there is? Is there more to life than just this? Than what I'm experiencing now in my faith spiritually, as a parent, as a husband, as a father, as a wife, as a mother, as a co-worker, as a a boss, as an employee? Is this it? Is this all there is? Is there some design to my life that's deeper than what I've seen, what I've experienced, what I've known to this point? Well, the answer to that is yes, there is. And, And the good news is, is that there is no carrot dangling over uh, our little horse out front to say, "Okay, you do all the right things, memorize all this script, memorize you know, go to Lamentations, memorize the whole book of Lamentations, and, and go to church you know six out of eight Sundays in a row." And I, then I'm gonna—that's that, not how God works. He's not a, you do it for me; I'll do it for you, God. Now we're gonna see in a minute that there are some parameters by which He speaks. But He doesn't work that way with us. It's not you do enough good things and I, I respond and let you see a side of myself that you've never seen before. Let you see a plan for your life that you've never seen before. That's not how God works. I want you to see that today. And in, um, in, turn to, 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 if you will, to First Samuel chapter 3. And um, we're going to look at, at, at this whole idea of, of the call of God on our life. This, this is one of the clearest examples in all of Scripture that there is in, in, in God's call to Samuel. In First Samuel three, but understanding this and getting this and moving from where we are today into where he's called us to do has everything to do with where we're starting from. If we don't know where we're starting from, then we can't know really where we're going. Uh, here's here's kind of where you, you, this is one of these mall maps. You, you go in the mall and you are here. And you start from here. If you want to reach this store, you got to go around this corner and around, and that's where you are today. You're here at Spring Place. That arrow's pointing right here, and you're starting right here today. And if today is your starting place to, in, in, in the sense of this is new to you and, and nobody's ever said before to you from a pulpit or from a book or anything, you know God's got a call for your life. If this is brand-new information to you, it's okay. Great starting place right here. You may be at a, at a place where you've known that God has a call for your life, you've just not knowing what it is and even not known how to search for it or how to discover it. That's okay, too. Great starting place for you. You may even be beyond that and realize that God's got a call for my life and I've tested the waters in this. I've tested the waters in that. I've gotten frustrated with this. I've realized that's not it. This is not over here. I don't have enough resources or enough. I don't have the gift, the skill set for it. And you've tested the waters and then the pushback from that from the enemy has says, you don't have any. <laughs> you've tried that and this and the other thing. You don't have any call. You just need to stay where you are, find the place of contentment, sit down, Sing some songs, memorize some scripture, throw a little in the plate when it comes by. pray for a Christian friend every now and then. Stay content with where you are. this whole sense of call and mission and do, that's, that's for the other guys. that's for the guys up front on the platform. That's for the missionaries that are over in the in Zimbabwe sharing with that's for all those guys you're just you're just a good old guy. you're a good old Christian and you just stay where you are and and pray and give and serve and but find a place of contentment. never move into deeper water because you've tried, remember. And it failed. You really didn't discover the sense of passion, the sense of direction, the sense of purpose that God had for you. So, regardless of where you're starting today, whether you're totally green, you're somewhere in the middle, you you get it, but you don't know what it is, or you get it and you've tried it and failed, you're at a great starting place. Because what we're going to see today, actually, what we're going to see through this entire six week series on the mission of life, is we're going to see God unfold some things and start to open some windows and doors for us that perhaps we've never seen before from His Word, certainly. And opens some windows and doors for us to where we start to okay that's what this was about, and that's what that was about. It was to set up me for this, and this meeting and this conversation was about this encounter. And that's I see a pattern of God starting to work in this way in my life, and so now it's starting to make sense. And as I put feet on that, God starts to reinforce and bless. So, let's look at these four things here from First Samuel chapter three today, and see what His Word says to us about the call of God. Some things are unique, some things are universal. We'll look at that. Beginning in verse 1, 1 Samuel 3, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was, and the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you call me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. And again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you call me? My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not know yet, or did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So the Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you call me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there, calling out other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And in the verses beyond that, go speak to what God had to say specifically to him about his sense of call, his sense of mission. The four things I want us to see out of these, these verses this morning, the first of which is this, the call of God comes out of stillness. The call of God comes out of the stillness. Look at verses 2 to 4 again. One, not Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see. He was lying down in his place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel was lying down, then the Lord calls Samuel. He did not call as Samuel was lying down or as Samuel was walking along or as Samuel was. But after Samuel had got, gotten to a settled place, then the Lord calls. Why? Because we, we more clearly hear him in the stillness. I'm going to tell you this, and I want you to get this. If you don't get to take anything else home today, take this home today. God will not be a competitor for your time. He refuses to be a competitor for your time. He just will not do it. We need to prioritize our life and our world and our time around hearing from Him. If we really want to hear from Him, we got to pursue Him. What does that look like? It looks like taking the clutter away. It looks like maybe not bringing work home. It looks like taking one of these and putting it down. It, this this it blows my mind how idleness now is. This is this is the tool for idleness. It's not let me let me read a book or let me. Let me ponder something for change. Let me just set something down and think about what what in the world could this be about? What could this and yet we find ourselves and I, and i i 'm guilty too. We find ourselves what am I missed? What, what if have I missed an email or some a text? Or something oh, let me, let me answer this real quick and we find ourselves in the and it 's clutter eternally speaking that may be important in that moment, but eternally speaking it 's clutter and we refuse to move ourselves out of the clutter and find ourselves in a place of maybe even isolation, to where God can speak to us. I've shared with you the story of uh, my early adult years working on a farm and, and the drone of that tractor being the, being the, the, the most <laughs> ripe place for God's Spirit to speak to me and just being on that tractor in bush hogging. <laughs> and God spoke through that to me in, in, in more clear ways than, than I had experienced, certainly up to that time. But we've got to, find our, 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 we've got to prioritize getting alone with Him. And I don't mean, I don't mean you need to get along with him with six books and four commentaries, and, and that's great. Study the word, but I'm not talking about a study time. That's great. And you, you know you, all of you know how I feel about God's word and getting alone with it. But I'm talking about just getting along with him with nothing. On the porch, on the lawnmower, in in the car, at wherever, you find a place of solace. Find the place where you're at home with him. God spoke then. Or or, or Samuel laid down, then God spoke. It wasn't the other way around. It wasn't, lay down, i got something to say to you. Chill out, i got something to do for you. No, no, no. He waits until Samuel is in a still place. And that's how God works with us over and over and over. Until we get in a still place, sometimes we'll never see what he has to say. And each of us have a call, but we'll never, ever hear it if he's going to work through the clutter because he will not be a competitor for your time. He refuses to do that. He's God. And He demands and deserves your time and my energy and our making a, a, a respite, a, a, a solace, a place of... We just came off a of vacation. Our, our family did, or part of our family did. And I was sharing with a couple of folks this morning and said, hey, what'd you do? Well, we just kind of sat around, you know, sat on the beach and smoked cigars and, and, and went and ate a lot of food and we'd probably come back 20 pounds overweight, but we, we relaxed. And we rested, and we, you know, we went and saw some old stuff because we went near Charleston, saw some old an- antique and Civil War kind of. But we, for the most part, we just. And, you know, my, the people I travel with, um, they take books to read, and I took a book to read too. I, I, I read a book, but I just love staring out into the into the. First of all, I love watching people because people on the beach are kind of. It's great entertainment, but anyway. That aside, I love staring out at the horizon and just and seeing, imagining the hand of God saying, "Wow, here's, let's take some, let's put land over here, let's put water over here, and let's make this blue, let's make that, let's make the sand brown." Let's and I imagine I, I imagine the complexity of God in saying, "I know exactly how many grains of sand are under your feet." What? And and, and those thoughts never come to me if I'm if I'm in a book or if I'm checking on this if I'm, those thoughts never come to me if i'm just not and i would submit they never come to you that way either we've got to find a place to get away a place to rest a place to find him and listen for him intentionally listen for him the call of god comes out of stillness the call of god secondly is always persistent look at verse five and following he ran to eli he said here i am you call me eli said i did not call go back Lie down. He went and lay down. And again, verse 6, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel, he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You call me, my son. Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel a third time. Verse 8, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You call me. Again, says the Lord called. And called Samuel a third time. Called and called and called. What's he doing? He's showing I'm persistent. I'm coming after you. I want you to get this. Why? Because he already knows what you and I don't yet understand, and that's this. That in the perfect, designed, purposed will of God and plan and call for our life, we will find ourselves more fulfilled than ever before. We'll find ourselves bearing more fruit spiritually than ever before, only in that place. Believer after believer after believer, perhaps in this church and in churches all across this town and all across America today, live frustrated spiritual existences because they don't get it. And they, many realize God's got something for me. I just don't know how to see it. I don't know where to go to find it. I don't know how to look for it. I don't know how to, I don't know. Is this a spirit or is this circumstance? Is this God at work or is this something that's totally human? And it's hard to discern sometimes, but the the, the, the beauty in that is God continues to call. He continues to say, hey, I want you to see this. I want you to get this. You're going to find fulfillment here and you're going to bear fruit here. But yet, if you never see it, you're never going to get that. And you'll live a frustrated spiritual existence like many, many do. Um, many in our world find themselves year after year, in some cases decade after decade, in the same spiritual place that they were saved in and wonder why, why my life's not bearing more fruit, why I'm not seeing more results, or why, why I'm, I'm living a more frustrated spiritual existence than I did when I was more immature, before, when I was younger in the faith. And it's because I've come to realize some things, but I've never put feet on them. I've come to realize that there's more to the Lord than I've experienced. There's more to His call, to His purpose, to His design for me than I've ever known, but I've never put feet on it. Perhaps I've been afraid to. Perhaps, I, did, like, as I said earlier, I knew that there was something there. I just didn't know where to go to find it. I didn't know, wasn't able to discern. Is this the God's, God's Spirit speaking to me? How does He work? God is always persistent. Look at, listen to what He says about this in Romans 8. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, watch this, and who have been called according to His purpose. For those He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those He predestined, He also called. In essence, He had a call before you were ever created for you. He had a design, a purpose, a divine purpose before you were ever born. He predestined that for you. And those He called, He also justified. Those He justified, He also glorified. Now, Samuel, as this passage tells us, had not recognized the voice of God yet. And I believe, uh, and I I could be wrong about this, the Lord will slap me into reality as I stand before him one of these days about this if I'm wrong, but I believe the voice of God in the Old Testament was 100% verbal. I believe when God spoke in the Old Testament, people heard it, audibly heard the voice of God. Why? This is one example why I believe that in Samuel's story because it was a physical voice Samuel heard, physical to the extent that he thinks it's Eli speaking verbally. He goes to Eli, hey, what would you say? Here I am. What's going on? No, let me. Go back and lay down. Physically, here's another voice again speaking. Goes back again. Goes back, you know the story. Goes back again the third time. Eli gets it the third time. It's the voice of God. Go back and lay down. And it's, it's not my voice you're hearing. It's the voice of God you're hearing. And so I believe that God spoke audibly in the Old Testament. We all certainly believe that's true about Moses and, and true here. And if that's true about Moses and true, true about Samuel, it's probably true about many others, certainly the prophets who God spoke to verbally, audibly. But the voice of God now speaks to his Holy Spirit in us. Yet at that time, I I feel like it was verbal. And Samuel had never heard it before. It was totally green to him, totally new to him, something totally he'd never experienced before, hearing the voice of God. Why? Because God had never spoke to him up until now, yet he did. So Eli realizes that, and, and, and they go on. Yet, if we never understand how God speaks to us, we'll never understand the sense of mission that he's called us to. We've got to understand how he speaks. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But when we understand how he speaks and understand, yeah, that's God. I, I know beyond a shadow of doubt this was God speaking to me in this moment, either through his spirit or through these circumstances or through a trusted Christian friend or whatever. He's speaking, speaking to me about this this moment to confirm to me, yes, this is what I have for you. This is my plan for you. And he was about to use Samuel in a great way, an incredible way. But Samuel couldn't see it yet because he couldn't hear the voice yet. It's great that you and I understand, and it's vitally important that you and I understand how he speaks and what he's saying, how he he works within us. Thirdly, um, the call of God comes out of stillness. The call of God is always persistent. But thirdly, the call of God is confirmed by the people of God. Look at the latter part of verse 8. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So he told Samuel, go and lie down. If he calls you again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Now drop down to verse 20. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. Eli realized that, and the people of Israel uh, uh, recognized that. So here's this, here's this example of, of Eli needing, or, or Samuel rather, needing affirmation. It, what's going on? I hear hear a voice. Well, Eli says, realize that the third time, certainly not me talking to you. Got to be the Lord. Go back and say, Lord, speak. I'm listening to you. Then he's going to start speaking, and he does in verses following verse 10 to down to verse 19, spells out for Samuel, here's what your life is supposed to be about. Here's what your mission is. Eli had never, or Samuel had never experienced that before, as I said, but he did in that moment. And after that moment, I believe, never, ever, ever again question, is this God? Because he recognized the voice of God. So you and I, again, we need to realize that we don't need to develop a marketing plan when we, when we start to <laughs> figure out, okay, this, I, think, I think this is God's purpose and his design for me. We won't need a marketing plan People will recognize it. In fact, these are two great examples of Eli being either in, in your case your pastor or a spiritual leader, a small group leader, somebody you have a spiritual mentor, somebody you have great spiritual respect for. They need to confirm that in you. And I would encourage you as you start to sense God's working in your heart and in your life, to go to those kinds of folks that you have a platform with, or they have a platform with you, say, here's what I sense God speaking. What do you think? And allow them in, in their observation of your life and, and, and what they know about your situation, say, that's you, man. That's God. Step forward in that. Let me help pray, pray with you about that. Or can critically say, eh, let's pray harder about that. Let's pray harder about that. Let's revisit that. Eli confirmed that to Samuel. This is God speaking. Let's say, say, Lord, I'm listening. Speak up. And the whole, verse 20, the whole nation of Israel reaffirmed it and recognized it. God's, they attested to the fact, verse 20 says, God's got a call on Samuel's life. This is the thing. This and and they they recognized it and knew it. So what does that say to us? It should say that those mentors, that that, that pastor, that spiritual leader, that that person who is who who is, who is helped grow me in my faith. I need to push this off of them, and I need the affirmation of the body of Christ around me. And that's what the body of Christ here at Cross One and every church should be about. That is affirming each other's call, helping each other become more Christ-like, Become. The sense of who he's called us to be and what he's called us to do, where he's called us to go, what he's called us to become. We, we need that of each other. Uh, uh, we need the encouragement of each other. We need the affirmation of each other. And here, the, the, the entire nation, he says, from Dan to Beersheba, gives it and affirms Samuel's call. Um, it's, it's, he's called us to live a missional and consequently a contagious life, but unless we see it, we'll never move in it. And usually unless we have it affirmed, we're too intimidated to take the next step. So um, and it's it's different for each of us God speaks to us uh, each each of us differently but but his 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 voice is common his voice is 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 to say I want you to live missionally I want you to see and understand my call. Uh, here's what he says about that in 2nd Peter verse uh, chapter 1 verses 10 and 11 says therefore my brothers be all the more eager watch this to make your calling and election sure. It's exactly what Samuel did. He goes back to Eli. What's up? you, you, you call me? No, no, no. That's the voice of God, Eli, or Samuel, go back and lay down. And he has this affirmed by Eli, and he has this affirmed by the nation of Israel. Make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, watch this, if you do these things, you will never fail. Anytime you ever see always and never in the scripture, you got to underline it 30 times because it seldom occurs, to be honest with you. Anytime you see never and always, God is he's stamping something down to say, make your calling and election sure, if you do this, you will never ever fail incredible promise and you'll be you'll receive a rich a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our lord and savior jesus christ he says that's an incredible promise in first peter um, and you and i need to go on the promise of god that he is ahead of us here's the thing i want you to get get out of this this idea of having it confirmed uh, by the people of god and the person of god most of us If we've been a believer for any length of time, realize probably, yeah, God's probably got a call for me. Yet most stay paralyzed in in this paralysis of analysis most of their life. And I'm convinced it's because of this this one thing. The first step, they think, and most of us think, the first step into realizing God's call and, 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 and confirming that is knowledge. And it isn't. Samuel didn't know a thing here. Samuel didn't know jack squat about life, about God, about a call. All he knew was, I'm hearing something. What is it? And Eli attest to him to what that is. Samuel didn't move based on the knowledge of what God told him. Samuel moved based on the obedience of, it's God. It's God, Samuel. When he speaks, you say, here I am. What do you want? You make yourself available. So the first step in realizing our call isn't knowledge. It's obedience. It's stepping even before we know what the next move the next angle the next conversation the next thing is going to be and so that's why it makes it so hard for us we're all of us are most of us uh, all women and most men want to know about it before they ever take the first step what's in that for me what's what's the, what's going to happen if i say this what's going to happen if i do this what's going to happen if this door opens what's going to happen if this door closes and all of us want to know why so we can build in the the, the, the safety factor for for failure If I get out here and I step out on what I think is God's call for me and I fail, man, I'm going to look pretty bad. So if I build in some things to say, well, I was just checking that out. I was just trying that. If I build in some safeguards to where the failure looks a little bit less traumatic, feels less traumatic to me and looks less traumatic to others, then I won't look like such an idiot if I get out there and I miss it and I miss what God has for me. And here's what I want you to get here from this lesson in Samuel. The first step in understanding God's call is obedience. It's not knowledge. It's saying, God, you're calling. I'm moving. What, what's next? Okay, here's a little more. What's next? I'll take a step. Here's a little more. And he reveals to us more of who, he's, who he is, what he's about, what he's up to in our lives as we're obedient, not until we know it all. So, Because I'm convinced of this. And, and if you've take, been any mileage with God, you are too. If God gave you the full picture, if he showed you the full Monty, <laughs> no thank you on that deal. I'm not equipped for that. There's no way I can handle That's a God-sized thing. And that's, you, you, that's all you, buddy. Have all of that you want. Yet, as we move in obedience to God, and he reveals to us a little bit, of a bite at a time, a slice at a time, here's what this is about. Here's what this conversation was about. That was about this. This was about. And we start to see God at work. Okay. Starting to make sense. There is a predestined God-designed plan for me. And I'm starting to walk in. I'm starting to see God confirm that. And the more we see, start to see God confirm that, the more easy it is to find ourselves in a place of obedience instead of a place of knowledge of knowing it all before we ever take the first step and that's simply not how god works it's not how he worked with samuel it's not how he usually works with us to say find the place of obedience and in the place of obedience i'm going to show more to you than what you what you were willing to see at the moment probably but you stepped out in faith with me and i'm going to show you more of myself more of my plan for you first step isn't knowledge first step's obedience that's why confirmation is such an important thing. It gives us the courage to obey. It gives us the affirmation. Yeah, I think God's all over to take the next step in obedience without getting the full picture yet. Well, not only does God call uh, come, come out of the stillness and is always persistent and is confirmed by His people and His person. God is the call of God, and this is essential. The call of God is reinforced by the Word of God. The call of God is always reinforced by the Word of God. Look at what he says in verse 21. Drop down there. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. He revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Now, if that's true then, is it true now? Absolutely. God's word is far more needed and even far more relevant today than even then. That's how God works. That's how he confirms is through his word. The voice of God is different now. As I said earlier, because we have the Holy Spirit believers, uh, followers of Jesus have the Holy Spirit in them. Listening to the Holy Spirit confirm, affirm, yes, no, go, stay. Listening to the Holy Spirit, whereas the voice of God then was audible. There was no sense of the Spirit saying, yeah, that's true or no, it's not. So it was the voice of God audibly being confirmed by the Word of God to Samuel, to us. It's the voice of God, spiritual, being confirmed by the Word of God, physical, in front of us that our eyes can see. Uh, So, True then, true now, the greatest revelation, the greatest reinforcement of God's call, His design, His plan for you is this book. And it's great that it's great to, to seek the counsel of Christian friends, to, 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 to research things in other, in other books, in other writings, but God's confirmation to you about His call for you, His plan for you, His design for you is this book, always has been, always will be. That's the way He works. That's the way He speaks. Before we can ever understand the missions, we've got to understand how God speaks to us. And that is unique to each of us. What is synonymous to all of us is the Holy Spirit and the Word. But the method is sometimes different for, for some of us. Sometimes God will speak to us to a friend. Sometimes God will speak to us to a song. Sometimes God will speak to us to a book. Sometimes God will speak to us to a series of somebody standing up front saying, here's what the call of God looks like. Sometimes God speaks to us through, through an experience, uh, through, through, a, through, through a conference, through, a, through an encounter that we didn't, we didn't look for. We didn't, we didn't anticipate God speaking in that way. What I want you to I'm saying that to say, look for how God has, has created those patterns for you in the past and then start to walk in those same patterns. If God uses this consistently, this, this particular method or that, this conversation, this person's life, this song, this, if he, if he tends to use those things, then stay in those things and try and find his will in those things. Try and listen for his voice in those things. Uh, He will always, as I say, this is true of all of us, confirm with the Spirit and the Word. He speaks to the Spirit, confirms through the Word. That's true of all of us. But the method outside of that is unique to us. Why? Because all of us come from different backgrounds. We have different life experiences. Different things motivate us differently, speak to us differently. Um, for, For many guys, not all, but for many guys, competition motivates you. And so some sense of uh, some sense of accomplishment or, or there's a quest or there's, a, there, there's something that there's something to conquer there 's something to get accomplished. we look for God to speak in those ways many men, many men do because men, many men are wired for that, not all, but many men are and so we, in the conquest, on the way, on the mission in the we, we look for God to speak, and oftentimes He does, and we hear His voice more clearly when we 're doing those kinds of things for women who are far more relational. They want to hear the, the, the voice of God, oftentimes to a Christian friend, to have it confirmed, or, or by way of prayer. Will you pray for me about this? Or Will you pray with me about this? And they, they hear and see God confirming things in them through the, the, the love of a Christian friend or, or even a spouse or even the, the prayers of someone else that they've sought after. And so regardless of how God speaks, listen and, and search for those ways. And I will tell you, if you'll if you look back far enough, they'll go all the way to childhood. God, God will have spoken to you even, even as a child if you came to know him as a child. And you started to see God at work in your life, even as a child, through adolescence, in your teenage years. You'll start to see some patterns God's developing in, in how he speaks to you and how he gets your attention and how he makes sense of things for, for, for you. And look back at those things to realize, okay, if that's what God has done, that's probably what God's going to do. And I need to position myself to where I hear his voice. I need to position myself in that place in this conversation with this person, in these circumstances, in this, in this, this sense of task or, or however God speaks, I need to find myself in those positions consistently. Why? Because God speaks and affirms and confirms consistently in those places. As I said earlier, he speaks to us out of the stillness, but he confirms to us on the way, in the way, in the, in, in the pattern, in the process of God's movement. So um, what, is, what does God's word say to us about our call? It says that we need to move. In fact, Ephesians 4 speaks to this better than I can. Ephesians 4, 1-6 says, As a prisoner of the Lord, then, I urge you to watch this. Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Here's the hard part. Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Saying what? Saying, you're not an island unto yourself. Because just as I've called you to do this, I've called her to do that and him to do the other thing. And your call is is no more superior than theirs. It's no more important than theirs. I've called every believer to a unique call and purpose and design for them. And we need to recognize that and realize life's not about me. And it's not about the the grandizement of my call or my design or God's plan for me. It's about how I fit that call into the body and how the body uniquely works together with different calls in different ways, with different designs for each of us, how the body uniquely uniquely works together to accomplish the thing God has set up for it to accomplish. Every church is like that. The body as a whole is like that. Relationships with friends, with other believers should be like that in a sense that we're all different and we're all unique, yet we all have a common call. We all have a common, uh, the sense that God has called each of us uniquely. Uh, comes out of the stillness. It's always persistent. The call of God is confirmed by people. The, the call of God is reinforced by the word every time over and over again. So look for those things. Look for those patterns to God, for God to be at work in you to confirm these things. The story of Samuel is a great story of illustration to do that. So, Tim, this is all great. You've, you've convinced us we've got a call. Well, I want to leave you today, in terms of one of these two thoughts, probably that, that you're sitting here with. Either one, you may not totally understand everything about your calling day, and that's okay. If you're here, you don't get it. If you, you get, as I said earlier, if this is new information to you, you, you you may sit here more puzzled than when you walked in, and that's okay. Stay with us. I mean, this is this is we're, we're going here over over a series of six weeks, and there's going to be some things unfold over this time. I, I hope you'll make it. A great effort to be here, and in fact, bring some other friends or family members that you know may be struggling in their faith. To realize, is this, this, is this all there is? Because I, there's got to be more than this. The, the, the spiritual life, I don't, in church and 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 Bible reading and, and things. Those kind of things start to come alive when we realize God's call for us. That's the beauty in that is once we understand God's purpose, His design for us. I'm passionate about moving people out of mediocrity. Do y'all sense it? Do you feel it? I, I don't. I. I don't want people to stay where they are. And, and, and that stirs up in me. And so I, I hope that as, as you start to discover some of those things for yourself and you start to define that sense of mission and call for yourself, it starts to stir up in you too. And people around you start to recognize it and think, hmm, what's, it, what's with you? I know what I'm supposed to do here. I know what God's call for my life is. And it, it, it may or may have nothing to do with your, voc- your vocation. It may have everything to do with your vocation. But start to look for how the patterns of God, how God works and how he speaks and, he, and understanding he will always confirm with his word and with his spirit. So you may be here and totally understand uh, not everything about your calling, and that's okay. But finally, you should, however, clearly understand that each of us have a calling, and we do. And what I want you to see from God's word today in these, in these four or five illustrations that I've given you from, from Scripture is we do have a call. Each and every believer has a call from God on their life. What are we doing to search that out. What are we doing to understand that? What are we doing to see that and hear that in more clear ways? Uh, well, come back. There'll be more because next week we're going to look at understanding God's plans for me. Week three, we're going to look at discovering God's purpose for me, how those two t- t- those two dovetailing mesh together. Fourth week, we're going to look at walking in God's will for me. couldn't number the conversations I've had with people over the years. How do you understand God's will? How do you know what God's will really is? How do you see it and understand what it really is for you? Make sure you be here for that week. Then finally, the last one. Is it possible to live a bold and compassionate faith at the same time? Is it possible to, to, to be bold with our faith and, and, and be out there, be intentional about it, yet to live with a love for people and live with a compassion for people that they never, they've never experienced before? Is that possible to do both those things at the same time? Yes, it is. We're going to look at some examples of that as, as this unfolds. I hope you'll be here. God's called each of us. It's it's vitally important to our lives and to our effectiveness, to our fruit-bearing, and to our fulfillment, as I said, that we find it, get in it, search it, stir it. Um, just get the pot moving this morning. If that's all we do this morning. Get the pot moving to realize something in here I need to see. You know, God, this may have been laying dormant for years, and I, and I want to stir this. I want to fan this into flame to where... I start to discover a journey now that starts to make sense to me, that, that God is using, that this was about that, this conversation, but this relationship means this. And we start to see God at work in things that we've never had, in ways we've never had before. And I'm tell you, that starts to get exciting. You start to get a little bit of... when that starts to happen. Because you, you, start to, you start to walk in a spiritual realm and start to see things through a spiritual lens that you never have before. It's always been human. It's always been carnal. The spiritual stuff's always been heaven. And that's great for a believer, but there's far more than heaven. God's called us to far more here that we don't experience and don't understand. We need to get it. So let's, let's walk together and move in that direction. Let's pray. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.